Hey guys, Montel here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Free Thinking with Montel. And I'm so excited to have a guest that we have on today who's going to give us really, I, I'm telling you, it's an A to Z lesson on something that I don't really believe enough people are talking about and discussing as openly as needs to be discussed. I have talked about it here on Free Thinking over and over again and said that as we deal with this pandemic that we are dealing with, and we are dealing with right now the you know, all the issues of making sure that the vaccines are available and making sure that, you know, we try to see if we can convince people to, you know, be smart enough to pay attention to mitigation techniques to see if we can slow down the spread of this, you know, uh, uh, really once in a lifetime, once in a hundred year pandemic that's going on around the world, but especially nailing us here in the United States. I have talked about and said it over and over and over again that there is not enough attention being paid to the fact that at the same time this pandemic is growing, we have another pandemic that's growing, and that's a pandemic of mental health issues in the United States. We are not recognizing the stress that this disease has put on mankind. You know, we have people right now who are literally, you know, we know that across the board, suicide rates among young people and 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 younger than expected are on the rise. Suicide rates among our veterans are on the rise. People are having a hard time dealing with not just the social isolation, but dealing with the stress of the unknown. You know, dealing with the stress of the fact that they've lost their job, dealing with the stress of the fact that they're working in jobs that are, you know, so stressful uh, from our first responders to our, you know, police to our, uh, to people who are, are just trying to make and keep and make ends meet, keep their heads above water. And I understand how tough this can be. You know, unless you really spend some time with yourself and try to focus in on, you know, you know we got a lot of people out here exercising. You look out the window, you see people running every single day, take, trying to take care of their physical body. But, you know, I don't know how much time those people are putting into taking care of their mental health at the same time. And this is something that we're gonna have to start to face as a nation and recognize that unless we talk about it, unless we start to prepare for it, yeah, we may be able to get the virus under control in a sense. And I'm going to tell you, I think that contrary to all the noise that all the pundits who, you know, throw their two cents in the mix saying, oh, we should be able to get this under control by the end of the summer. We should be able to slow this pandemic by I'm going to tell you, in America, maybe the rest of the world may be able to do this, but here in America, where we have so many self-centered, so many selfish individuals who don't care about their fellow man, I think America is going to be looking down the barrel of this pandemic for at least the next two years. And the longer this goes on, the more and more it stokes and feeds the fire of the pandemic that will be right behind it, and that's one of mental health and mental health care issues. And Right up there at the top of those mental health care issues are the fact that we've not been dealing with PTSD. Not just for our veterans, but for our society, for our community. And when we think about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, we most often associate it with veterans as a result of war. However, statistics state that one in 13 people will experience PTSD in their lifetime. PTSD is often a result of being a victim of violence, sexual assault, traumatic accidents, or being 
on a job and in a job such as law enforcement or EMT where you are continually confronted with traumatic events. Here with us today to talk about PTSD and what can be done to treat it is a doctor who was on the front lines treating 9-11 responders. He earned his master's degree in clinical psychology from St. John's University and then went on to train and research at the Institute of Psychiatry in London, where he received his PhD in psychology. He was an associate professor at the New York School of Psychiatry, a lecturer at Cornell University Psychology, and has been in private practice for 34 years. He's the founder of the nonprofit Research and Recognition Project, which conducts rigorous controlled clinical studies to validate therapeutic techniques that support the widespread use of innovative and cost-effective clinical care for traumatic stress and a number of other psychiatric disorders. Dr. Frank Burke, thank you so much for joining me today on Free Thinking with Montel, sir. Much thanks for the invitation, Montel. Um, being uh, an old, how shall I say, professor from Cornell University, I'm being coached um, off the grid to be simple and straightforward. Uh, in simple terms, we have a nonprofit that has developed a treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder that remits all of the, the symptoms of PTSD in less than five hours over 90% of the time. So that we've got a national epidemic of PTSD with veterans, first responders from 9-11. And as you say, probably another couple million coming from the, the, uh, the COVID. What we have is a treatment that scientifically measures out uh, as effective clinically to get rid of the, the symptoms, the, the problems of it over 90% of the time compared to uh, the evidence-based treatments that are out there that work approximately 35, 40% of the time at best um, with a lot of the drugs thrown in that are oftentimes harmful. We've got something, a real meaningful breakthrough. Well, let me, let me stop you real quick, Mr. Sacker, but let, I want you to point out and talk about the fact that this is a non-pharmaceutical protocol. You don't use any drugs in this protocol. And I want to go back and hit on one of the couple of the high points that you said, that this is something that you've seen be 90% efficacious with only five hours of treatment. Five hours. This is really, you know, not just breakthrough. This is, you know, meteoric. Yeah. Uh, and a large part of the problem clinically over the last five years was it was almost too good to be true. And until we started to get the scientific validation from uh, the, uh, uh, the agencies that identify evidentiary medicine and the researchers at the very top of the, uh, the scientific profession, it, it really was too much to be believed. It's now through that hoop and We've also developed the training materials and quite remarkably, we're able to train counselors, licensed counselors in um, two or three days to duplicate those research results. And so we're ready to roll this thing out to, uh, in, in the real world for counselors to be trained to get at the epidemics that we've been carrying with the veterans and the first responders and the one that's coming in terms of the COVID uh, PTSD uh, from the first responders that are, who are accruing it. You know, I, I mean, I want to make sure people who are listening right now, thank you so much for being a part of Free Thinking with Montel today. 
Um, I'm going to make a pretty bold statement. This is no joke. We're talking about evidentiary medicine that has now proven scientifically to be a cure for symptoms of PTSD. 90% plus efficacious, where a lot of the other protocols that are out there had never achieved greater than, let's say, 35%. So this is something that right now I want to make sure we hit this a couple times, Frank, throughout this entire you know, podcast. I want to know where people can go to get more information, A, if they've got a website, and B, I know that you have a nonprofit that has been trying to raise some funds so that we can continue to do more and more studies so that you can shove this up people's noses to make them get off of their high hat. So give us a link to where people can go, especially if they want to donate. Um, the, the website is researchandrecognition.com, just like it sounds. All one word, researchandrecognition.com. And what we're and we got to be careful, Montel. Um, we don't have treatment facilities. I get two or three, oh, heartbreaking calls a week here. People find me at home. I, I used to teach at Cornell. I'm upstate New York. They get they get my phone number. They come to me, and they've got a, a a son or a daughter in the back room, who's tried to commit suicide twice, and is going to do it if they don't get help. And we don't have treatment facilities set up. What we need to do, we need to train. And our goal over the next five years is to train five thousand counselors at the onset. To, to, to form a treatment network across the United States. That's what we're looking for money and support to do, to train professional licensed counselors. We can do that in two and a half days to administer the protocol. And we've tested that. The counselors we train are duplicating the 90% research results. And let's make sure people understand, you're not saying that you need to get money to take five years to, to start curing people. I want you to understand, folks, if you're listening, if we had the funds to be able to start the training process, it takes only two and a half days to train a person. Two and a half days from the day that we start training, we start curing individuals. So over the course of the next five years, as you bring 5,000 trainers online, you know, the number of people who could be cured and helped would be exponential, you know, because if you figure it takes five days, you know, five hours per, you know, patient and, you know, a, a, a facilitator was seeing anywhere from, let's say they saw four patients a day at four patients a day, you know, that's, uh, you know, 20 people a week could be cured of their symptoms relieved of their symptoms of PTSD. Frank, I want to, let's, let's just go back and talk about some basics first. How successful has been the medical field yep. in treating PTSD to date? Um, it, it's been um, kind of an awful corner of um, mental health treatment, uh, Montel, in the sense that, um, and I think what we've learned uh, through the, the protocol and the underlying neurology is, uh, PTSD is a installed um, reaction in the, uh, uh, the reptilian brain near the amygdala that is not amenable to normal therapy. If you almost get killed by a lion and you're a caveman, you're supposed to be afraid of lions and remember that the rest of your life. And that genetic program 
is neurologically implanted and the the attempts to, to cure it with normal therapies and medication has been uh, less than uh, stellar and successful. 35% is an optimistic guess at um, uh, the best that can be done. What the protocol does is it gets at the neurology based on recent research on a thing called uh, reconsolidation, which is a neurological hypothesis uh, about how uh, traumatic memories uh, come and go. And the protocol mirrors the process neurologically with, so that it's really, rather than ordinary therapy, Montel, a neurological intervention that's done with what looks like ordinary cognitive therapy. Got it. So now, I mean, today, what, what existing protocols have been out there treating PTSD and how effective have they been? Because you just mentioned that some of them know greater than 30%, 35%. Um, there are five or six and a number more in the pipeline, but um, none of them, when you look um, and the statistics in the field are just that uh, it, it, ha it hasn't been presented well, if I could say it that way, scientifically. There's been so much pressure to produce something, and the best that can be done uh, it wasn't commonsensically what was needed and what is needed. And you can talk to any of, you know, 100,000 vets who will tell you about that in terms of their, their, uh, their experiences with uh, exposure therapy and the, the other treatments that are out there and being administered by people in the best of faith, uh, giving what, how shall I say, ha has been most proven to work. But in, in, in real life clinical terms, uh, if you were selling cars that only work 35% of the time, you wouldn't stay in business very long and people be looking for another you know, way, way to get around. And that's kind of where we, where this field has been for the last 25 years, Montel. It's absorbed uh, b over a billion dollars of research money with very little results. I, I know you, uh, you're not saying this, so I'll make sure everybody who's tuned in to Freethinker Montel knows that Frank did not say what I'm about to say. This is coming out of my mouth, not his mouth, so I don't want you to take any blame for this. But I'm gonna tell you that I think that this has been part of, you know, the way we kind of do business here in America. You know, PTSD has become a cottage industry for some individuals, some research facilities, some places where they just keep getting grant after grant after grant after grant. They keep taking money after money, more money, money, money. You know, we have pharmaceutical companies making more drugs, 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 knowing that these things don't work. Because after 10 or 15 years, you know if you've not gotten better results that they don't work. So it's time that we start putting the individuals first. That's the way I feel about it. And if we have something that's sitting on a shelf that's a cure, there's no reason why we can't have that employed or deployed. I, and you just, you nailed it. You said, I mean, you know, you heard numbers of, you know, close to a billion dollars spent on this. I've heard numbers that say that, you know, we spent, you know, upwards of four to $5 billion on research and haven't gotten anywhere. I mean, you know, and, and you know, as, as I hear from more and more veterans, you know, some of the protocols that they've been asked to participate in, they get sick and tired of quickly and 
skip it, move on, just say, heck with it, it doesn't work. So you were one of the doctors that, you know, volunteered to treat 9-11 survivors for 10 months. And what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, um, I, I was carrying a protocol that, that I learned in my um, clinical training um, that was meant to, to uh, work with phobias. And I got down to New York and suddenly, uh, you know, the bulk of the people that I was, was seeing, uh, I went down as a volunteer, worked with a large, uh, the Aon Corporation uh, uh, in the first two or three weeks after 9-11. And uh, we could suddenly see that this protocol was doing what was uh, remarkable in terms of helping people in two or three or four hours uh, turn around from the nightmares and emotional chaos to being able to function, which is what we needed. Uh, the Aon Corporation is an insurance corporation. Um, they lost their entire New York business the, the computers went down with the building. I was uh, helping 850 survivors from above the 100th floor. And over the 10 months after, I treated 250 of them with severe PTSD with this protocol. And essentially, uh, afterwards, uh, I was originally trained as a research psychologist, um, as a youngster, and realized that uh, if this thing was going to get into practice at a level that it was needed nationally, it was going to have to be researched. And in my training as a research uh, scientist, I put together the nonprofit and took the six years to do that. And uh, enough said, here we are. We've got something that's not just researched, Montel. This is what the, in the military they call shovel ready. We're ready to train counselors in the real world to who work with our clients and uh, many uh, sufferers with PTS to administer the thing cost effectively. Uh, and that's given the epidemic historically with veterans and 9-11 first responders and what's coming uh, morally. I get up in the morning, Montel, and uh, I have, you, you can't see it up here, but uh, it says 22 on the wall above my desk. Because right. today, 22 veterans are probably going to die from suicide when this protocol could probably help at least half of them to avoid that. You know, I, I know I don't want to belabor, but I have to belabor because, you know, people don't believe things unless you really you know, go step by step by step by step by step to explain it. So, Frank, let's slow down a little bit and talk to me a little bit about how the protocol works. So a person comes into a uh, uh, facilitator's office. It's a hour, two hour, three hour session to start. How does it work? Go, go through that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, um, first of all, there is no silver bullet for PTSD. If clients have lived with it for two or three years, they've accrued other comorbid problems, drugs, vocational, social, et cetera, that also need help. At the root of the problem is 
uh, a traumatic memory or where that is the root of the problem, which is the case most of the time with PTSD, this protocol fixes that problem. And, and here's how it does it, Rantel. Wait, wait, before you go into how it does it, let's say again, when you're talking about a traumatic memory, we're not just talking about a combat veteran. We're talking about people who suffered childhood sexual abuse, women who've gone through a marriage that was domestic violence, a person who went through a car accident, a person who may have had some traumatic injury, you know, falling off a bike, riding down the road, or, you know, any of those things, right? We're talking, this protocol works for any type of PTSD, correct? Before I went to New York after 9-11, I used it in my private practice. Um, I, I, I live up near Cornell University, uh, near Watkins Glen, New York. I used it in my private practice for people who were in car accidents and couldn't drive on the interstate, who had been sexually abused as children and, and were carrying that in later life. Um, for um, uh, We have a, a VA here uh, in Bath, New York, uh, for Vietnam vets who were carrying trauma from the Vietnam era, some of them 20, 30 years. So that before I, I went to New York, I was using this in my regular private practice with clients who accrued PTS in, in normal life, that 15% uh, of the national population that sometime in their life uh, accrues uh, a, a PTSD diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And so again, so now a person would come into a facilitator's office and do what? It's talk therapy in a sense? First, yeah. So first of all, we identify the traumatic event itself at the core. And we do that um, by doing a clinical interview of a, of a detailed nature because people with traumatic memories can very seldom talk about the trauma without getting physiologically aroused. The traumatic feelings are married to the traumatic memory. If they encounter it, whether they're dreaming, having flashbacks or talking about it, they go back to the, um, the negative emotions that they had when the trauma was installed. So we do an interview they tell me, well, I was in Vietnam, I was the point person in that blah, blah, blah. And as they begin to talk, they begin to get upset. Their voice quavers, they turn red, their posture changes. And we calibrate that physiology as part of the diagnosis. Okay. So first you have to get the actual event and the... Um, the emotionality around it. Now, there are some who don't have that, we call them type twos, who have adjusted to be able to talk about it without showing the physiology, but they still show nightmares and flashbacks and severe emotional problems, the, the hypervigilance and the withdrawal, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, they're a lesser number than the type ones who demonstrate when they talk about it, they cry, uh, they breathe differently, the posture changes and so forth. So you identify the negative emotion. And then what you do, Montel, what's really strange is you keep them relaxed. Okay. For the two or three sessions, 
with the sessions we run are an hour and a half a piece. And most of the times the protocol is effective uh, after the second and, and most and 90% of the time by the third. And the way we know it's effective, the way we test it, Montel, clinically, is we then say to the client, would you, after you've administered the protocol, would you please now tell me again about that uh, rape that you, that was, uh, you encountered when you were a teenager? And oftentimes, or, or the time when you were in Vietnam, when your buddy died in your arms. They tell you the story now for the second or third time, and then they'll stop and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What have you done to me? I haven't been able to talk about this without getting upset for two, 10, 15, and for some of the Vietnam vets I've treated, 50 years. Wow. And to, for a person after 50 years of suffering with this memory, after three or five hours of treatment, to suddenly have their sleep given back to them and this memory no longer toxic to them. Their, their psychology, I can remember one of the first veterans we treated, uh, was a captain in the state police here in New York. And uh, uh, on the third uh, uh, treatment, when we were doing the research, his wife came in with, with him and came across the room and grabbed me, embarrassed me and him. My God, what have you done? You know, uh, uh, I haven't had this bill back for 35 years. You're giving me uh, uh, the guy I married before he went across to Vietnam. Wow. In, in terms of his personality, went back that clearly to his childhood. He'd been that uh, withdrawn socially and numb socially was his pattern for many, many years. He did his job, he survived, huh? He actually, he's now retired from the state police. Uh, I'm still in touch with him. Uh, but he lived with those nightmares. He and his wife couldn't sleep together in the same bed, Montel, for 35 years, because when he had his nightmares, he moved so violently, he would hurt her. They had to sleep in separate beds. Wow, wow. Okay, Julio, I mean, at this point in time, Frank, go through and explain to people what kind of research has been yep. done to validate the RGM protocol. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I want you to- uh, be, let, me do, let me do something very quickly, Montel, before that, so that people, the treatment itself entails the clients being relaxed and uh, doing a set of visualizations related to the traumatic event in a way that they don't feel any fear. So the traumatic memory is played backwards in black and white at double speed. And neurologically, that's not allowed. So unconsciously in the course of the treatment, the, neuro the neurology uncouples the memory from the feelings. And it's not something the clients are doing to themselves or I'm doing directly. Neurologically, when you go through the sequence of revisualizations involved in the protocol, the traumatic feelings separate from the traumatic memory. And afterwards, it's on, and that separation is unconscious. So they get done and say, what have you done to me? 
They come back the next week. I haven't slept like this in 40 years, etc. Wow. I'm sorry, your, your, your other question, Montana? Again, now, you know, I, I, and, and I have been through, and I think for 100% disclosure to everybody who's tuned in to Free Thinking with Montel today, um, you need to understand that I've been working with Frank now. We've been, been in discussions about this for almost 10 years. Is that right, buddy? That's a, <laughs> I thought this was going to take two or three years, Montel. <laughs> yes, it's been over 10 years. <laughs> I agree with that. I thought, I thought that when you yeah. first presented this to me almost 10 years ago in an office in New York, I thought, oh, you don't need my help. You got this thing. It's covered. It's got to you know, I'll help you, but I think you got this all covered. And I was shocked to find out about a year and a half ago how hard it has been for us to break through. This has really been ignorant to me. And I should make sure everybody knows complete disclosure. I've sat down and had a conversation with, you know, Senator Ernst about this. I've been on the phone and talked to Senator Tammy Duckworth about this. I'm talking to some of the people at the highest levels of our government about this because it is ridiculous to me that we can talk all the smack that we want to talk about how we want to do everything we can do for our veterans. And then we turn our back on something that really works just because there are those who are pissed off that it wasn't their idea to begin with. And I'm, I'm Frank didn't say that. I said that, but I'm telling you, that's what we are facing. We're facing a bureaucratic nightmare and bureaucratic resistance by people who think that their income is threatened because of a program like this. And I said that, he didn't say that, but I'm telling you, that's what's going on. And that's why we need you, especially all of you out there who are tuned in today. I, I don't think there's a person that's watching today that doesn't have a friend or know a friend or know a loved one or a family member who is dealing with something like this that unnecessarily are suffering. That could be cured today. And Frank, one more time, give out the website because I want to make sure we keep plugging away at this website continuously. Give out the website. People can go up on it. They can do it. You know, they can donate, help fund this. This is a 501c3. So it's, it's, a, it's a charitable donation. So we can make sure that we get the funding necessary to continue the training so that we can start continuing the cures. Uh, the website is researchandrecognition, all one word, dot com. And let me say something about um, the nonprofit. You know, uh, I started this thing as a, uh, a research um, a scientist and uh, clinical psychologist. And uh, it wouldn't be here today if um, uh, the Vietnam veterans uh, who are on the project hadn't picked it up. They've raised uh, the five million or six million that we've spent uh, bit by bit, and of course, had the uh, had we done this on, in the normal vein, this thing would uh, have cost fifteen or twenty million dollars to research to where we have it today. We've done it on economic fumes, and right. we've done it largely with vo volunteers and, and small amounts of money from wonderful people. But here, I'm Admiral Wisely from the Blue Angels Foundation. Hold on one second. I'm going to stop you. We had real help. Yeah, but let me stop you for a second. That's what people do not understand. This wasn't just an idea that this doctor who's a kooky guy came up with and said, oh, I think this works and it works at 90%. Let's go back 10 years. When you first presented this, people said to you, look, this is an evidentiary medicine, Frank, so you're going to have to get out here and prove this. 
So where did you go? This has been studied at Walter Reed. This has been utilized by the state of New York. This has been utilized by the state of New Mexico. This has been utilized by the British government. This has been utilized over and over and over and over again. Give us a breakdown because I want you to beat people over the head right now and let them know how much we've done, how much you've done to validate the claims that you're making. I'll just say it this way, Montel. Um, we had $28 million worth of university-sponsored uh, research grants denied over the first five years of the project. And we got the money to do the initial research from New York State. And we got that money because um, we were able to treat legislators uh, who themselves had PTSD or their family members did, who then went to the, uh, uh, the New York State Legislature and got us the 1.2 million that we got to begin the research without um, the help of uh, executives from the American Legion, uh, the Blue Angels Foundation, uh, what, uh, Admiral Denny Wisely, who's been a marvelous friend and aide, uh, he was the, the uh, head of the Blue Angels Foundation when I met him. Uh, I, we asked him for money and he said, uh, as, <laughs> as any sensible person would, uh, uh, you, you got anything else to sell? You got to be kidding me. And I said, no, no, you don't. Under and we had that conversation. He said, look, you come out here. I've got young men who are ready to commit suicide. And you fix them and sure, then we'll talk. And he was ready to, well, to make a long story short, we actually did that. I flew out to San Diego. I treated uh, uh, some veterans whom the, uh, they knew personally. And in that validation, which is pretty much how we've gotten here, Montel, if you look back, the key people who have helped us have seen the protocol up close and personal and they, they've become the, the real supporters to carry this thing to its present point. Now, that having been said, we've done the research sufficient that the protocol was included in the 2019 ISTSS book. They're the golden standard now for evidentiary medicine as Break a recommended treatment for PTSD. What does ISTS mean? Break that out for us. The International Society for Traumatic Stress Studies. They're, they're the scientific group, runs a conference every year, and are at the moment the gatekeepers for evidentiary medicine. And they, rec they put us in the 2019 book uh, with emerging evidence for treatment for PTSD. Subsequent to that, about uh, last year, one of the, uh, uh, the largest scientists in the field uh, uh, did a meta-analysis, uh, and th that, uh, one of the largest studies in the field to date on PTSD treatment, rated uh, RTM one of only two treatments recommended for military PTSD. So we're, we're through scientifically at a, at a level that uh, I thought would take two or three years and actually took 12. And I mean, let's talk a little bit about, you did some work in New Mexico, is that right? Albuquerque, yeah. Albuquerque, New uh, Mexico. The way that yeah. this went, 
uh, essentially, um, a, a number of these, um, and trust me, um, in, in, um, when somebody says Semper Fi to me, I pay attention. Mm. Because a, a number of the veterans who, uh, who came underneath the project and really have carried it to its current place were Marines and veterans. And uh, they centered a number of them in the Albuquerque area which is where we did our initial trainings and some of the research with uh, the Mind Research Network. They did the, uh, the biological studies that you'll see on the website uh, with the pictures of the brain using EEG, et cetera, showing a, uh, um, a biological uh, neurological change in the brain pre and post the treatment. Now that's a pilot and we haven't start, stopped doing the research as an organization we got more to do but there's enough done this thing is uh is it, it, we should start rolling it out montel i i gotta i gotta i gotta keep slowing you down frank because you're a doctor and a scientist and sometimes scientists you know you speak scientists uh scientists dialect but i want people to understand my friend that Right now, we can actually see changes take place in the brain biologically, neurologically, after or post and pre, pre and post treatment utilizing RTM that validates the fact that there has been a change made enough that relieves people some of these symptoms. This is, this, this is the kind of science and information that the world needs to know. And I want all the people who are viewing this, you know, free thinking today to hear this and understand this. This isn't something that's a fly by night. I wouldn't take this on and even bring it and present it to our viewers unless we had true scientific validation. And the fact that this has now been registered as evidentiary medicine by the gatekeepers in charge of stress science I don't understand why our government, our supposed VA that cares so much supposedly for these veterans who are suffering, don't just step up to the plate and say, look, let's just throw a bone over here and see if this works. But instead, I know this for a fact, I have seen them fight you. Go ahead, Frank. Let, let me defend them a little bit, Montel, only a little bit. Um, I probably only have about half the research done that um, I would like to get done to, to stand up and say, scientifically, this is locked up. Uh, some of that research is ongoing at Walter Reed and in the United Kingdom as we speak, where our initial studies, the Department of Defense didn't give $700,000 uh, last year to a group of researchers at Walter Reed to look at this because they thought it was some kook idea. There's enough research done to put this in the highest levels of research laboratories in the world. And that is being done. Unfortunately, COVID, we'd have those results probably in uh, this winter, had it not been for COVID slowing down that research, both at Walter Reed and uh, in, in the United Kingdom. That having been said, these, the four studies we do have done 
are double blind studies, Monto. The, uh, as a scientist, uh, when you put these things together, there's A, B, C, D level studies. And a lot of the stuff done in this field is done at the C and D level uh, because it's so cost, it's so expensive and difficult to put all the pieces together. We've done it correctly. The, 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 uh, the psychologists who, who measure the clients pre and post don't know who they're measuring. They're blinded. They don't know which group the people that they're testing are in. The st statisticians who do the analysis don't know and not associated with the project. There's a, there's a, a, a scientific set of rigor that uh, is at A-level science. And, and, and these are weightless design uh, studies because we couldn't get a, a significant portion of that billion dollars to do the initial research. We did them in, re in weightless designs. We replicated it three times. And that's sufficient to put it into the highest levels of next generation, next level research going on at Walter Reed in the UK. The, the biology, the neurology work that was done, and forgive me, I'm, I'm trying to uh, not offend the scientists who are listening to this, Montel, who are saying, wait a minute, you're only halfway through the grid up to absolute confirmation on this thing. And they're right. The, the biology, the neurology study that was done was a pilot. And we've been trying to raise the $250,000 necessary to do the replication study on that neurological pilot for two years without being able to get it funded. And again, but I'm the saying- The pilot study wait, 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 showed- Wait, 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 wait. I'm saying this, and this to me is criminal. I'm so sorry. Because, and, and I, I know you don't want to offend other doctors and other scientists, but so let me do that. I'll offend them. Because I'm going to say that right now, it's ridiculous that we live in a country where we make claims and have this attitude that we want to do all we can for our, you know, soldiers and sailors, airmen, coast guardmen, marines that put their lives on the line for us. And then we turn around and try to try to thwart a process that we know works. And a lot of this is just because they know that when you're talking about funding, funding comes out of this pocket to go in that pocket. And some of those in this pocket don't want to lose their funding, no matter, you know, how poorly they have been literally demonstrating the efficaciousness of what they are presenting. You say it very quickly, and you said it very quickly twice uh, while we've been talking about our ongoing studies at Walter Reed and Bethesda. But I want people, I'm sorry, Walter Reed, Bethesda, and the UK, I want people to understand that what they need to know is that in a very short order, we're going to have a protocol that's made available to British, to foreign countries. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we have to keep things here first and you know not help other people. But we're going to be able to make something available to people overseas that we can't even make available to our soldiers here. And, and you know, it, it, it just, I think it's an abomination, to be absolutely honest with you. Um, and there's no excuse. And, you know, every time we try to present something like this uh, down in Washington, D.C., we're hit with the wow, you need to have in that is that. Yeah, you need to have in that. Stop with the stupid. You've done more studies than you yeah. can 
you can shake a stick at. Talk a little bit about what's going on in the UK. Uh, very simply, um, it's gone much quicker through their um, clinical and uh, veterans service systems uh, to the point where uh, it will probably be adopted by the government there in the next year. I mean, by the national health as a treatment for PTS available across their system. Uh, we hope to get that approval in the next year, Montel. It's been a lot easier and quicker uh, there, but um, how shall I say? Um, we have a huge bureaucracy here in the United States built up around PTSD treatment, and it's been under fire for what, 25 years? There's a, this has a real history, and um, that's not my job. My job is to make sure this thing gets researched and packaged in a way that it gets um, to the people who need it. I'll give you a quick where I come from, Montel. Uh, about three weeks after 9-11, um, the, the Corning um, in, um, the Corporation, the, the glass people, lent me their jet to fly down to New York for uh, the six months after 9-11 to help service uh, the people in New York. And I, I was flying in over the, still the smoldering building and looking down and I'd been there for two weeks. And I knew that there were thousands and thousands of clients who were traumatized that day and counselors who were trying to help them. And I was sitting on that airplane, imagining them all. Huh? I grew up, I drove a cab in, in graduate school in New York City, I know it well. And I was thinking of all of those people and what I was carrying in terms of this protocol and what a difference it would make for the therapist and the, and the people traumatized by 9-11 if they had this thing. And that's what I've been carrying here for 17 years now, Montel. That is my motivation is, damn it, that needs to get done. That's, you know, um, I come from the old school, Montel. The guys who put me through graduate school paid for it with, uh, not smoking uh, so many packs a week who were in the Battle of the Bulge. My dad was burned in a B-29. My uncles were in Iwo Jima and overseas. They're the guys who trained me and got me uh, to be a person. And uh, how shall I say, this is just payback, if I could say it that way. This is, this is what I was um, conditioned as a person to be and do, uh, just doing my job in simple terms, Montel, that's what this is. This is a research scientist who found something useful and then collected another 100, 150 people to help. And, this, and we've gotten this thing to here. And thank God people like you are coming now, huh? 
to help us because we we've taken it as far as we can and we now need you and the the connections to the to congress and foundations etc uh, this is going to cost 20 to 30 million dollars to roll out across the united states in a timely fashion and that needs to be done now but morally there's there's not an alternative but when you say it's going to cost 20 to 30 million dollars that sounds like a big figure in someone's sense i get that very clearly however that's not a billion dollars and this has been or $2 billion or $3 billion that's been sent, spent on PTSD in the last five or six years, which is really ignorant to me. Can you give a couple more examples of some of the testimonials that you, you remember from people, uh, examples of people who have you know, been through the process and, and you know, patients who have been helped? <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting, Montel. When we spoke to... Um, some of the the the, uh, the heads of the large foundations that they, they've become so um, distrustful of the scientific presentations that they asked us to put together uh, testimonials from the counselors that we're training. We've now trained about 180 counselors who are using the protocol in their practices in the world. And what we're doing at the moment uh, is putting together a hundred testimonials from licensed professionals who have been through the training and are using it in their uh, current practices to add to the research. And uh, when you read those, they speak for themselves. You know, oh, I, I, I've needed this for 20 years. Uh, this has to get out and across. Uh, for those counselors who've been working in the field and see the pain that this thing causes and the, the remarkable effectiveness in the protocol itself, there's a, there's a motivation, there's, a, uh, there's a, an energy that comes from that that really has empowered and is uh, exploding the, uh, the, the, the project uh, to the next level, their testimonials, their support will be codified. We should have those 100 testimonials done by March Montel when we go to Washington with the research. Now, you know, I, I, we're almost out of time, frankly, but I wanna make sure that can we, uh, there are gonna be people who tuned in, watch this, listen to our uh, free thinking uh, podcast, and they're gonna wanna have this. They're going to want to figure out how they can get access to you. There are going to be people who are going to say, what can I do? What would be their call to action? What do you want people to do right now that are watching, tuned into this program, to, to our, our podcast? Um, if they want the, the, the treatment in their area, they should go and get counselors to go to the website and get trained. We want to get counsel. We, we, this thing needs to go across the United States. And the way we're doing it, the cost effective way, is to train counselors. So if someone is in Houston and they say, boy, I, would, uh, I need this for my son, then find your son's counselor, explain this to them, and get them to go and get trained in this thing and treat the son. That can be done. We're doing trainings every month, Montel. They can get, literally get that done in the next month. On the other side, we need to raise that 20 to $30 million to put into scholarships 
so that the, the counselors don't have to pay um, the money to get the training. Right now it costs, and we have to uh, charge $2,000 to train a counselor. I'm hoping to get from the government and from foundations wait, money wait. to pay for that training. Wait, 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 wait. You say it's going to cost $2,000 to get a train, but these, as some of these counselors and some of these doctors across the country, psychiatrists, you know, they pay, you know, 1000 1500 bucks for a CME, a continuing medical education course. So I do get the fact that you need to have scholarships available to, to help defer some of this cost, but this isn't something that doctors don't do anyway. So to me, I don't understand right. this is, is and, and you know, I'm sorry. We got to talk about that bottom line because, you know, people don't do things for free. So a counselor trained at, uh, for $2,000 is going to turn that $2,000 into a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue when they start trade, t- t- uh, treating people, you know? So this is not like <laughs> you're saying, oh, I want you to do something for free. You're giving people more skill. It's like teaching a person how to work on a jet rather than a propeller plane, airplane. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. and the tra- the- go ahead. The training program uh, um, uh, gives 24.5 continuing medical and uh, mental health uh, educational credits, which they have to accrue every couple of years. So you're absolutely right, Montel. At the same time, a number of our counselors huh, are not rich people. They're social workers making 50, 60, $70,000 a year, and $2,000 for a new training is a lot of money. Correct. And if we can get... Uh, those with the money to do it, to do it, to, uh, running alongside of providing scholarships for those um, uh, counselors for whom it's a, a stretch, then the thing will go that much faster. And at the end of the day, though, I mean, again, when we're looking at the fact that we're still spending billions of dollars, I, I, I use that term billions loosely, but you know, I know that I've seen numbers as high as three or four billion dollars has been spent on PTSD in the last 10 years. I've seen that and looked at right research and seen those numbers. If we can spend that kind of money on protocols that don't work, there is no reason why the federal government can't spend that much money on a protocol that does work and start curing our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Coast Guardmen, Marines, and our first responders right now. If you look at the, that, the expenditure of that money uh, over the next 10 years and how much of that, how much money will be saved from those who are uh, completely uh, free of the diagnosis and symptoms, who won't need treatment, who won't be screwing up their families, uh, who won't be becoming drug addicts, who won't be in jail, who won't be on disability, then you're looking at 30, 40, 50 billion dollars savings over the next five, 10 years, Montel. Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's one. I'm, I'm glad you actually, you know, pr- present that because, you know, the cost of PTSD to us as a nation is in terms of billions of lost revenue, billions of additional psychological treatment and 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 you know, and I don't even talk about the pharmaceutical cost. So, I mean, even if we just helped 50% of those veterans who need the help, we would be reducing that overall cost to the nation uh, by billions of dollars. 
So, you know, Dr. Burke, I can't say thank you enough for having been a part of, you know, Free uh, Thinking with Montel today, my friend. Um, uh, this is going to be up. There are a lot of people who are, are only going to be listening to this podcast, so we'll make sure that we put your, uh, the website that you've talked about up on our site so they can find the information of where to go. Um, anything else you'd like to add, sir? Uh, just my heartfelt thanks, my brother. Oh, absolutely, sir. And I'm going to keep doing whatever I can do. We're going to keep beating the drum as loudly as we can and uh, make sure that people understand that, you know, I say this without any hesitation. The cure is out there. Now, we just have to make it accessible to people. And, you know, Dr. Frank Burke uh, and RTM, man, I got to say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the hard work, hard research. And, um, you know, much success, my brother. I hope this is this. I hope I know this is going to turn the corner as quickly as we hope it will. Thanks for joining me on Three Thinking with Montel. Please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear feedback, so please send us your comments.